Good evening, God of peace, through war. Ah, I told you Tony this opening would get the attention of the one. Yes, God of peace, through war. Tony, my porcelain pal, I've been chatting. That's right, you're not the only one that should suffer. Many have listened to me, and many have learned to become experts at selective listening. But please, God, I beg you, this is not the time to hone such a skill because I am drowning in a whirlpool of raging rush and polished anger, and I need you. I need you not to stop these emotions of raging rust and polished anger, but to change their useless, continual, circular motion that my emotions have fallen into and transform them into a cold, rapidly moving river capable of bringing down the walls of blindness. What walls? What blindness? What's with all this metaphoric mud you be slinging? Fine, fine, fine. A one-word summation, then. War. War is a three-letter word that acts like a four-letter word and makes the five-letter word of peace tremble in hearts and our bowels. No one wants war these days. War must be avoided at all costs because war is costly. The money, the materials, the logistics, and of course the piling up of dead men and women engaged in battle and those killed because they can't escape. War. You know, I have this glottal issue lately where something is stuck in my throat, at least it feels that way. And that's the way I feel about war. War. We talk about it till blue in the face. Oh yes, we had, have had skirmishes and we've had planes flying over and bombs dropping and people dying. But yet we do not want out and out full-on war. We will discuss and negotiate and trade and yell and send terse documents. We raise flags and build up armaments and fly planes and sail ships and amass troops right up to an inch from the line, but no further. We will not go to war. So what am I implying, God? It can't be what you think. Oh, but it is. We need war. War kills. It kills the two-legged from the outside in. But the avoidance of war for a long period of time kills from inside out. Look at your creatures, God. How often I've asked you to look. Actually look. Are you not ashamed of us? We've become me. We have become me. We have descended to picking each other apart, not for the most overt flaws, but now for the littlest flaws and blemishes. Now we are told not to read certain Dr. Seuss books because they contain racist overtures. We cannot read Little House on the Prairie for the same reasoning. Men must banish testosterone. All coffee-to-go cups must be symbols of inclusiveness. You can't say a student is annoying. Oh, that is hurtful. And the disciplining of children should be dispensed in rounded words so that the child is not unduly settled. To 
generations are living cryogenic citizens. That's what they are, cryogenic citizens frozen by too many choices, too many options, too many chances to sneak into a social media platform or a video game because the actual real world is too damn scary. I might fail, I might get hurt, I might lose. Don't worry, everyone gets a participation award. The simplest task, like how to use a ruler or how to mail an actual letter, creates undue anxiety. In short, we are eating ourselves alive. Well, it felt good to puke that out. So why? Why, after all the ranting that I just did, why is this happening? Too much peace. We need a war. Oh, sure. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. We need a war. Big shot. You want a war. You want to take the first bullet in the head or fire the first shots yourself? You want to send your sons? You want to see your own house set on fire? My answer? What choice do I have? I know. I just answered a question with a question. Again, look at us. The timeline of your creatures of flesh and spirit. Our existence on this planet has been littered with war. Really? Littered? <laughs> Litter is not a positive image. Oh, and neither is war. Am I high or drunk or just wallowing in cranial stupidity? Well, I've indulged in each separately and together. But no, I am sober. Because war is sober. Wars of fire that covers and scorches the land, leaving it black and barren. But wait, what is that? Are those new green shoots pushing through the ashen land? Look, an example. World War I, the first modern war with planes and tanks and chemical weapons, trenches filled with water and blood and rats and pleurisy. The war ends, 40 million dead. From the bombed land and endless graves sprang new inventions that would allow citizens to travel and communicate around the world. Blood banks were created. Sanitary pads became available. Zippers became commonplace. Assembly line manufacturing. A League of Nations. And women who were part of the World War I workforce were now essential to any future economic success. All right, God, I, I don't want to give you a history lesson. I just want you to see what I see. I see growing generations who wouldn't be able to survive if a terrible calamity befell our world. Most, you know, young drivers can't even change a damn tire or even, even look under the hood. I mean, gosh, cars are now bought online. You don't even see the car. You don't even touch the car, kick the tires anymore. And, and they have no stomach. I see the kids that I've taught. They have no stomach to unplug a toilet. Ha! Or do any hard labor? Eating a burger is so yummy, but seeing the slaughter of a cow would throw up everything in my tummy. We have a growing army of swipers and strokers and boys happy to kill at will with the push of a game controller button, but have no fucking clue how to defend themselves. War is a cruel teacher, but it does teach. It does toughen Outside of the heartland of, of our America, where cold hands are squeezing a cow's tits at sunrise, feeding slops to the pigs in the early morning, putting down a calf too sick to live in the afternoon, bagging hay in the early evening, the average teen citizen has no clue that life is going to cover you in shit and crying or whining is not going to solve anything. And could that be what is the source of this major divide? That 
There are people in the country and in the world who get their hands dirty every day and those that never do. A friend of mine, Alex, he got a call from a team recently and <laughs> Alex was irritated because the young man was bitching about the fact that he had to get up at six o'clock in order to get to his job at seven. Alex's response was, well, then get up at six. And you know what, while you're at it, set the alarm at five. There's a phrase thrown about the greatest generation. And, and this phrase, God, is to denote those two-legged who survived the Great Depression and World War II. In other words, they withstood the pains of human existence and they not only survived, they thrived. Adversity steals the soul. Oh, <laughs> well, I could hear my black brothers who want to stick a foot up my ass as I am speaking and just go off. <laughs> you want to experience adversity? Well, motherfucker, why don't you come and live in the inner city, the projects? Why, you don't need a war. <laughs> really? Just come and live with me. Come and live in my neighborhood. Agreed? <laughs> Completely agreed. But you know, there's this thing, this bling thing that came out of these neighborhoods. And bling does not steal the soul. It steals from the soul. And drugs and shooting your own also steals from the soul. War has no time for bling or killing your own neighbors or youth or whining or swiping or wondering about the potential roulette wheel of who the hell I am. War forces a hay bale of fear down your throat. No time for white is right or I need a rhinestone cover for my iPhone or I didn't get three caramel shots in my hot beverage, there goes a bullet, there goes another, there falls a friend, dead, sorry, no time for caramel. Do I sound like an old man, God? <laughs> well, fuck you, you are old as well, way older than me. But old and grumpy has nothing to do with it. It all gets down to simple accumulation of numbers. And now the Diane thesis. These young things who are so perky, so eager to fuck, to stroke, and swallow, they have only BJ'd well, 20 times or so. Let me know when you've reached your 200th and beyond BJ, and let's talk about perky. Point is, being down the timeline, as I am, having collected and seen a sizable amount of humanity, you tend to get a bit cranky. So why is my bitching more compelling than past generations bitching? They didn't have social media as the enemy with its allies of smartphone and the world wide web. <laughs> Reminds me, there was an old Star Trek episode in which war was done digitally. When battle was over, the side that lost would ask citizens to simply line up and be exterminated. And they willingly did so. They just lined up. How neat. War is anything but neat. It is horror and terror and bodily fluids and cries and prayers and looking at your loved ones in pictures for the last time. I do not pray for war, nor am I interested in the glorification of violence. Look, though, on the shelf of the two-legged existential cleaning products, and nothing does a better job than war.
At this point in our evolution, war, well, is our default choice to reboot ourselves. That's right. At this point in our evolution, the only thing that comes to mind to reboot ourselves is war. Will that change? Of course, change is always possible. But for that to happen, the spirit must tame the flesh. In the isolation of a monastery, such a trick is possible. In the real world, I have my doubts. I bet you do too, God. I want, with all my heart, to believe that war is not an answer, a solution, or a universal bond to the rage of humanity. But look, look really, really hard. We believe less in what is and more in what is not. We have less and less tolerance for the flaws that, for better or worse, shape that which we truly are. We've allowed our fear to put us all grouped in cages, individual cages snarling at each other through the bars. God, we have backed ourselves into a corner. And so I say, well, first I say, forgive me. God, forgive me. But war is the only way out. Well, that was a happy little Sesame Street moment. Going off as I did. And maybe it's the isolation of this pandemic that has spoiled a part of my brain. But I see a lot of spoilage out there, God. And I don't see any real solution. I mean, right now, right now, there are people out there in our country and in the world that, that don't want to believe in facts anymore. How do, you, how do you convince them? What can you do? Well, a war sure as hell will convince them. When a person is dead in front of you, there's no arguing about, well, I don't think he's dead. War is pretty darn black and white in the trenches. Okay, now it's time for full disclosure. I'm gonna cheat on you right now. Well, it's not really cheating, but it is. Back in 2004, I created a show about the Civil War, about war, and trying to get kids to understand the dynamics of the American Civil War. And I wrote this song. And the song is beautifully arranged. And so what you're gonna hear is a recorded arrangement by a very talented man, Michael Hinch. This song speaks to the fact that when you've been at war for a long time, The flesh is broken down. It needs not the comfort of your comrade, but the comfort of your lover, the comfort of your wife, the comfort of your home.
How I want to go home Away from the madness Away from this sadness Filling my heart I read every letter Sent over and over Hold every word As if it were you Tell Thomas to mind the socks for me tell mary the jellies and cakes i share with the men how i long to be near you to hear the word father to walk through the field and hear rain on my roof how i long to hear birds sing without bullets whizzing and cannons roaring and men crying out how I long to sleep and dream and wake and find you next to me. Let us walk hand in hand. Let us sit under shade trees. Let me put down my gun and pick up my plow as I go to bed I pray let God spare me let me see my family and my home once again how I long to be near you to hear the word father to walk through the field and hear rain on my roof how I long to hear birds sing without bullets whizzing and cannons roaring and men crying out. How I long to sleep and dream and wake and find you next to me and find you next to me. There uh, is all I want to say right now. And you know, I, I cannot tell you how odd it is I said it before, to hear these words come out of my mouth. War? Advocating war? What the fuck is wrong with me? Well, there's a lot wrong with me. Which, of course, you do not want to hear right now, or maybe ever. But you, it seems to me, have always been the god of peace through war. And if my views, my perspective is true, then, well, maybe my words aren't so crazy. Well, I think about, as I go to sleep, the soldiers out there right now, whatever army they may be in, do they really want to be at war? Absolutely not. They want to be home. They want to be with their family. 
but it seems our species gets very mired and then very dysfunctional and ugly and we swirl ever downward and then a war comes along and resets us. Well, I'm going to go to bed and hope that when I wake up, <laughs> a war will not have begun. But my hope that war doesn't start is betrayed by my secret belief, unfortunately, that war is the best cleansing product that these two-leggeds, that your creature of flesh and spirit has available at this time. Well, night God, rest.